0: everybody to another episode of Matt Goes to the Movies. We are once again talking about the hit show on Paramount Plus Halo. We are on episode seven called Inheritance. And Rob, I might need you to carry this episode because I'm going to start <laughs> off. How how dare you? How dare ah. you, Halo? Um, ah. I don't have... I I don't know what to say, but I'll start with welcome back, Rob.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um. So I think I think I might surprise you with my thoughts on this episode. And I think I might surprise listeners a little bit who have uh, who have been faithfully downloading this this particular series uh which by the way thank you uh to you the listener who's downloaded all of these episodes um it, if you, there was probably reason to think i was going to come on the air this week and completely obliterate this thing up and down because it focuses primarily on my fa- my least favorite and your least favorite and most people's least favorite side plot which is the you know the kwan ha thing in the desert and, and her and Soren together um, largely everybody's least favorite character. And I have to say, I actually don't hate this week. It's, I don't love it, but I don't hate it. Particularly after the last two weeks that you and I both really liked. Um, I, I I probably should dislike this episode, but I find myself not. And I, and I can't really, I can't really describe it better than that. So I, I might be on an island here.
0: Oh yeah, you're you're definitely going to be uh,
1: <laughs> on an
0: island. So, in order to to get you out there and as far away from me as possible, based on that <laughs> that that opening statement, um, <laughs> why don't we get in? Why don't we go and talk about the watch rating for this? And I'll go first. Uh, watch rating. Is this episode worth a high, a medium, or a low in terms of rewatchability? And for me, this is an absolute low based on a couple of factors. Number one, I still do not find this this subplot interesting. Uh, there were a couple moments, I will say, where there was maybe some hope for me, but my my biggest problem is you're going to spend an entire episode and focus on the least interesting thing of this show so far. And by the end of this episode, I still don't have a damn clue about what it means. I I don't know how you spend an entire episode with these characters, and I still have no clue why they're supposed to be important. It's It felt like an entire episode... Wasted and especially after the the really great episode that we got last week. And I'm I'm not saying that I had to you know have that again. I, I understand that at some point, you know, and I even said that I was nervous that, that we were gonna I said it last week. I was nervous of where this episode was gonna go because they have to do something with this subplot. Um I just they don't really don't like, though. Right, but I just don't like how we're, to me, we're no closer to understanding why it is supposed to be important. So, that is, like, my main problem, and why this is, I would not watch this episode again. Like, I would pr- probably, if I rewatch this entire show, I-, I would skip this episode, no questions asked.
1: So, this is... This episode is a filler episode for a a season that has like 22 episodes in it. Not one that has nine. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And it's you're, you're right. Is it largely skippable? Yup. There's really... Without getting too much into spoilers, there's really only a few things you really need to know about what happens in order for what's likely to come next to really make sense. You can probably just... Listen to this recap and and move on. Um, but even with that being said, there was, there's elements of this that I should hate and I can't find myself hating. And I, I would say this is the most interested I've been in Soren. This is easily the most interested I've been in Quan Ha. But I mean, when I'm not when when my level of interest is zero, going up even a quarter of a point is is a raised interest. Um, she's the least annoying we've seen her yet, but that still doesn't mean that I particularly care. Um, I I think for me, what makes this a lot better is we get a great action scene and I, and I really do like the action scene towards the end. It's well done, well shot, um, well edited too, as a matter of fact. Um, and I, I do like the, I don't I don't really want to call it character development we get with Soren, but I think we at least get a bigger wind to a bigger window into who he is. um, And I, and I think those are the kinds of things that I like, but there's, there's some stuff that goes off the rails here. And it, by the way, if somebody tells me I would never watch this again, I go, yeah, I get it. I understand. Um, I'm not quite ready to call it a low yet. So I'm calling this one a medium, but kind of like with an asterisk. Okay. Fair enough. I, I will agree with, I agree with a couple of your points. She's
0: definitely. She's the least annoying she's been, but she still has some really there's one section um, and that will be spoilers where she is. Oh, man, she was on my nerves <laughs> like yeah. I, I just um, I couldn't stand the scene, but there was a little bit of, of interest in Soren. I still think that boy, there's one shot in this episode, though, where they they linger on that arm. And that thing looks like microwave bacon just balled up. <laughs> it, it's <laughs> good. God, they got to do like, I still can't believe they made that decision to have that thing. And and they focus
1: on it in this episode. But um, oh, yeah, his big Muppet arm comes through the elevator door at one point And you're just like, oh, man. Yeah, that does not look like you can tell what a prosthetic it is like you can see because he'll be walking and you can see how long his real arm is and you can see how much bigger the other arm is to mm -hmm. allow for the prosthetic. And it's like this was this was kind of a bad idea. I don't know that you need this. I don't know that this really adds anything. It's
0: almost like it's something that they're like, yeah, we'll edit it and post and then they forgot to like,
1: (laughs) (laughs) yep, like "Ah, or they got to post and realized, oh, man, this is going to be way harder than we thought. That's close enough
0: yeah there's there's yeah there's some things and i i'll talk about uh, again we'll get into spoilers here in a minute but there's a couple of shots in that final battle sequence that I, I was not a fan of i thought it relied on the the typical trope when there's you know a few against many that a lot of these these action scenes have but again that's spoiler so i'm gonna hold off so this is where we're going to get into spoilers. This will start to, you know, break down this episode and, you know, talk about what actually happens in this, this episode. And that's going to lead us into popcorn time. So if you have not seen this episode, and for some reason you are listening to this and you don't want to be spoiled, this is where you got to pause it and, and turn this episode on so that you can come back and listen to these spoilers. Um, uh, the first thing that i want to talk about because it's fairly again it's the whole episode is is quan and Soren. I, I again I, i'm going to start with how do you take an entire episode and i don't know what this is supposed to be what does this th- this this portal that she discovers that her father was doing with the you know, the, the sand dune witches or whatever this group is that she meets. Um, I don't understand how that was supposed to be interesting when it's just more questions and we have two episodes left now. I, I, I'm not sure what the decision process was when you didn't give us anything except for more questions
1: and that gets back to what i had said earlier if this was part of uh, a season that had 22 episodes yeah this feels like it fits it's it's kind of a filler episode not when you've only got 9 and you know we get another very commonly used trope tell me tell me tell me you're not ready okay fine i'll tell you anyways like you know i hate it when it happens and it's it's just oh. kind of clumsy
0: they do two of them in this one when she gets the the vision of her father and he says, yeah. I was, I, you know, I was doing it to protect you. They, Oh, my God. That's another one that I hate where it's like, I didn't tell you to protect you. It never, ever works. It's in so many superhero right. movies. It's I didn't tell you the truth because I thought it would protect you. And I realize now that the truth would have ha- like, wow, I boy they they double down on tropes in this movie yeah in in this in this show
1: yeah for those of you playing a matt goes to the movies drinking game get prepared for the line that is uh drink everything in sight because i'm gonna call it lazy screenwriting um man it's just it's unnecessary it's uninspired and it doesn't really advance anything. Um, so, look, I cannot defend that. It's it's pretty terrible. Um, it doesn't really work. We've, we've seen all of this before so many times. So, okay, fine. So they finally say, okay, well, I'll tell you. And she says, I'm not afraid. And I was so wanting, just out of nowhere, a little green furry Muppet to come out and say, you will be. I wanted that so badly. I wanted it. It would have made it better. Uh, But we didn't get that. Um, And instead of going into a cave where she cuts off Darth Vader's head just to see her own face, she goes on a weird ayahuasca trip. And I think the one effect that was kind of cool is when there was like sort of the force ghosts of her family all coming out together. Like that was actually Mm -hmm. a little bit cool. Um, And it's the only time we see Master Chief this whole episode is, is when she goes through that. And for a show called Halo, that's literally about the adventures of john 117 the master chief uh definitely risky definitely risky to focus it on somebody else that is not in the game at all um and then we're also stuck with the crazy guy from episode two that i can't imagine anybody was uh, other than that guy's agent that's the only person who was happy he was included in this episode like nobody else was like yeah i was wondering what was going on with that guy and then she gets to the well and she sees what looks like a monitor now that gets me a little bit intrigued. That gets me a little bit like, okay, is that how they're introducing that? Because we know there's more than just one monitor. It's not just three, four, three guilty spark. We know there's other monitors that are out there. Um, for those of you who are playing Halo Infinite right now, um, there's you know there's obviously one there too. Um, so I guess I'm kind of curious. You know, is Madrigal actually got a lot of Forerunner structures inside of it? Is that kind of what it is? I'm I'm curious, but. At the same time, like it's, I'm not curious enough about what they're setting up here to supersede how much I would have rather seen more of what's going on between the UNSC and the Covenant. I, I still just am not compelled greatly by this anything going on on Madrigal.
0: Yeah, and uh, Rob, I'm sorry, I, I may have I, I may have missed it, so I, I apologize. But who did you say that she ran into um, in, in this episode?
1: I, I, well, it looks like a monitor, and it's it's not necessarily three four three guilty spark, but it does appear to be a monitor in the in the well. Oh, okay, I I got
0: that part. My confusion is, you said she ran into Master Chief, and I could have sworn it was Jason Voorhees standing there because <laughs> outside of the costume, what the hell was that like? Uh, what, what was that? Because the, I, it, I honestly, I really, I'd like, I'm not joking. I literally like got Jason Voorhe vibes from him just standing there from Friday the 13th and like not moving, getting hit in the face. Like it, it was such a pointless scene to me. And then the whining and the crying, like, and no offense what What is he there for, just so you can see Master Chief? Because guess what? They had... I'm sorry, you did not dedicate enough screen time for them for me to think that she, like, hallucinated him or that she needs to see him in this Mad Max Fury Road rip-off when she goes <laughs>
1: into the sandstorm. Like... I, yeah. Of all the people she's encountered in her life, a, a person that she spent approximately 48 hours with, um, that's the guy she hallucinates.
0: Yeah. Like, I, I didn't find that scene. Like, I didn't understand why it was him. I didn't like how they portrayed him. Like, just have that be something else. Like, I don't know. Have that, for God's sakes, have that be the covenant for god's sakes because they wiped out her they wiped out her freaking village for god's sakes yeah.
1: have
0: have it be one of them that she sees that she's holding on to pain because of them like something
1: if it but, was an elite as opposed to master chief that would have made a ton more sense
0: yeah I, I i think it's literally just a reason to be like okay well we had master chief in the episode like at least just see him <laughs> Yeah, and then yeah. Uh, uh, one other thing that I I, I want to get your your thoughts on. I, I really was confused by Soren's quest, only to get right back. Like, I don't know. It, was he hallucinating where he was? Was he in the de- Like, was he passed out in the desert because she left him there? What? I don't know. Maybe I just missed a lot because I was so uninterested. His, his journey to get back to her felt disjointed to me.
1: Yeah. It just picks up with him telling a story amongst his pirate buddies, which um, that whole thing, I feel like I should have disliked that scene, but I, I kind of found it compelling. I kind of found that opening scene kind of interesting and I can't, I can't defend it by the way. Like if you press me on it, be like, why that scene was hot garbage. I'd be like, um, I don't know. I just kind of liked it. Um, but yeah, they don't really explain how he gets off of magical. Cause he's essentially just sort of like buzzard food in the desert after she zaps him and takes off with his Polaris side by side that he had stolen from somewhere. Right. Um, it never really gets to how he gets off the planet because they made it seem the last time we saw him that that was actually really challenging to do. Like that mm-hmm. wasn't just, you know, you don't pick up your, your AI and call in a space Uber and it, it zips you off to wherever your, your pirate hideout is like, so that probably could have been explained a little bit better. Although I don't necessarily need them to devote a ton more screen time to it either. So yeah, that was a little disjointed for sure.
0: Yeah, um, it, it felt disjointed to me. And I think, boy, it really seemed like when they get back to Majigal to get, you know, when they when they meet up and, and they're together, boy, the way that that camera that camera lingers and the dialogue that they use, man, I it felt like they were just like saying here you go audience isn't it like wow look at the emotion of these two these two back together and i was like ah shit these two are back together like yeah
1: they're they don't they're not great together but i did find it it worked better for me this week than than in previous weeks um Again, I can't. It's one of those things like if you press me and say, Well, defend your position, I really can't. You know, like, (laughs) I I just felt like after everything they'd kind of been through at that point, like, it still doesn't make a lot of sense to me that he, you know, John makes him promise and he's like, Yeah, okay, space marine buddy that betrayed me eons Mm ago, I'll, you know, I'll go ahead and, and, Make this promise to you that I haven't seen you in like 20 years. It's kind of like, Matt, if somebody you haven't seen since middle school dropped off a kitten at your house and said, hey, take care of this. Make sure you feed it. And by the way, if it starts to annoy the crap out of you, don't take it to like the SPCA or anything like yeah, right. The first time it shreds your couch, you're dropping that little son of a bitch off at the SPCA, like immediately, like they immediately. Pro- I probably even before that, they they would have been at my doorstep, and they'd be like, "Hey, where are you
0: going?" I'm still giving you instruction. I'd be like, "I'm taking this to the SPCA." Like what?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it just like that whole thing didn't really make a lot of sense. Like they needed to have been much closer than than what we saw for that to really make sense to me.
0: I I also love too how when they get. <laughs> They get back together and she's like, I'm doing just fine on my own. I don't need you. A minute and a half later, she's knee deep in it. And if it wasn't for him, she'd be dead.
1: Like, yeah. And and can we talk about Soren shows up? Oh God, it's awful. And can we show can we talk a little bit about how Soren shows up with no weapons at all? Literally, the only right. weapon he has, so he's got this knife that he throws later. The only weapon he uses during this battle scene is the revolver that she had the whole time. Yeah. He didn't bring any guns with him on this mission that he knew he was likely gonna need them. He, he just, just kind of he- hoped he'd run into her and get his revolver back, and that would be enough. He thought he was gonna intimidate everybody with his Mr. Potato Arm. <laughs> <laughs> you say here i'm gonna make you touch it no get that thing away right. from sure <laughs> just, just putting it in people's face like yeah yeah <laughs> look at this <laughs>
0: uh um i will say if there's one if there's one thing that i like about this episode or even maybe tolerate is the correct word um is it's it's vincer grath And his character, because he is, he's chewing up the scenery and it's almost like, (laughs) it's like he knows his character is stupid and over the top. And he's like, well, all right, this is what you get. Like, this is how I'm going to play it. And like that, to me, that's the only thing that I really tolerate about this episode is his performance just kind of makes me laugh because he's so, he's so over the top with it for me.
1: Yeah. Um, real quick. Um, where can I buy his sunglasses? Cause I want those and oh, yeah. um, his, his jacket. If yeah. anybody out there can, can find me where you can get his jacket. I want that too.
0: Right. Yeah. No, if that's maybe on movie props or TV com or something like that,
1: you know, you can, you can find those, but really what made, so it's funny. I mentioned those two aspects. What's the outside of the Master Chiefs, you know, really, really accurate looking costume. What's the most like unique costume design or like really striking or cool costume design you can think of from this show so far? Has there really been anything that's just like stood out as iconic? Right. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, It just kind of feels weird. Like there's really not one that jumps out that like who other than Master Chief. What what cosplays are you going to see at conventions this year from this show? What are people going to dress up as for Halloween from this show? Freaking nothing.
0: Yeah, well, even the, you know, not only just like that aspect too, but bringing that up, it makes me think of what set pieces are that interesting in, in this show? Like what, Like what set piece have you really been like, oh, that's just like a cool... You know, that's a cool looking landscape. There's not there's not really any of it in, in this, um, you know, in, in this episode, I, I th- certainly don't think helps that cause. But it, it's not like I'm sitting here going, well, at least they've got some great locations in, in this um,
1: to kind of distract and think back you. To the games. Think right. Back to the games and what those look like. Like, they're really cool.
0: Yeah, no, you know, really cool levels, design, you know, designs, but this just doesn't, this doesn't carry it. Like this episode takes me back to uh, my thought process of, well, you're gonna sit like with season two already announced. It's like, well, you're gonna sit through this, and we'll get, you know, when you get to season two, you'll get what you want. But in the meantime, this this is what you get. You know, you have to, you know, whatever. I I don't know. This episode just completely like broke my spirit. I don't mean to be dramatic, but coming off of last week's episode, I just I I have no. Yeah, it's such a letdown for me because even when she's talk, you know, when Kwan's talking, not only the, the the oh, I'm doing just fine on my own. Mm, you're really not um, because actually you're not on your own. You've relied on everybody for help. Like you, what did you do alone? Like you had to have somebody drug your tea. (laughs) Like you're not doing anything on your own. And so I, I don't know what you mean by that. Um, that yeah, sp- it's
1: once again, just uninspired screenwriting. Right. And then because her set, I'm a loner. I'm, right. I'm on my own. I don't need anybody until I realize that I do. Like we've seen that a bunch of times.
0: Yeah. And, and then her speech where, you know, they're, they're going to make their stand. And she's like, I am Quan, daughter. And I'm like, Oh my God. Like <laughs> y- you, you're not doing anything. You are not inspiring me to root for you um i will say i mean it was kind of cool i mean it's certainly not the action scene that we got last week it was pretty cool to see soren actually do something of significance i i did think that part was pretty well flowing uh there's a couple of edits and rob i i it's it's on recording, so everybody's going to hear it. But I will still try and deny it up and down if anybody ever asks me or you bring it up again. Um, but this <laughs> <laughs> this did suffer from what you like to talk about in the Last Jedi throne room scene, where people <laughs> are just waiting around for their cue to try an attack. And if they would have just attacked on site, they'd be dead. Cause there's a couple of scenes where like, literally I swear there are the henchmen standing there waiting for like somebody off screen to like point at them for them to start running towards Soren. Cause I'm like that guy on the, like there's one scene where I'm like that guy on the left would have shot Soren. Like he was standing, he was standing right there, gun in hand, what is he doing? Like he literally was waiting for a cue to come at him on screen. Um, So, so to me, this, this scene suffers from a couple of bad editing choices where it's like, yeah, he he's dead. He's there's no
1: way he gets out of that. So it's funny. You mentioned the throwing room scene. Cause I was literally thinking about that both times I watched this episode. Like, uh, you know, it's not, that is kind of my gold standard of of people waiting around to get their ass kicked. Um, that is by far the worst example I can think of in the highest profile possible movie. I mean, what is a bigger piece of intellectual property in the world than Star Wars? It's It's the largest piece of pop culture. It's the it's everywhere like you can't get away from star wars anywhere in this world and and they allowed that to happen which is unthinkable and yet there are people who will tell you that that is one of the greatest lightsaber fights ever like you can find lists of best lightsaber fights from star wars and that's like really highly ranked and it makes i get an aneurysm a little bit each time um (laughs) it's not on yeah it's not at that level um there's there's one spot where it's kind of a one versus three scene that i actually think is is done pretty well Um, but there's, there's the part where he's kind of running away and, and ventures right there. And, you know, they don't really do a great job from the get go of making you really, cause there's a bunch of dudes that just at the beginning of this thing, just pour in and you're like, how are they getting out of this? Mm -hmm. He's got a revolver and they've got no other weapons and they don't necessarily like if he had, you know, so he's had Spartan training. Great. That makes sense. Um, but they don't really give you a great reason to think that, that this could happen. I mean, he kind of turns into a ninja for a little bit and makes like no noise at all. Um, So there's a lot of suspension of disbelief and there's a, there's several times through this action scene, which I actually really enjoyed, you know, warts and all um, where it's pretty obvious that they forgot that they have guns. Um, They, they immediately go to hand to hand combat when they have guns. Like we see them walk in with the one guy
0: runs over with a machete out of nowhere.
1: Yeah yeah like just pull your gun out dude you would have won that fight like it would you know you could have got two shots to the chest pretty quickly and and ended that thing and you know been home for tea um so there's there's that and there's a little bit of stormtrooper aim in here too uh when he's running away and and nobody seems to be able to hit anything um so there's there's some choices there with the editing that i think and and also just how you plan out that scene how you block that scene how you storyboard that scene that you could have probably covered up some of that just by what you chose to show us by just kind of the way that the camera tells the story. I think it could have made that work a little bit better. Um, But I still kind of enjoyed actually seeing Soren kick ass a little bit. You know, he, it makes you understand how he kind of became this pirate captain. It it makes you see that he is actually very capable. Um, And when the chips are really down, he's somebody that, you know he can he can hold his own and and then some. So I'll be curious to see you know how much more of that we get in the future. Um, and the ending of that, where they blow up the tower, um, I was fully prepared for the VFX on that to suck like really bad, and it's it's not terrible. It's actually somewhat believable.
0: I'll, yeah, no, I'll I'll totally agree with that. It actually did look. Like it did look good. I was, I was shocked because I was like, yeah, no, this is gonna look terrible. Um, But it actually, yeah, I was like, oh, all right, that's, I, I can live with that. Um, that's what you spent $90 million on. Right. Yeah. That was your, your one and only claim to fame right there. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> But, yeah, I, I will say there was it was at least nice to see Soren, you know, minus some of the editing gaffs um actually feel like, oh, okay, he he definitely feels like he can o- hold his own and some like and then some um with with certain scenes and whatnot. So that was that was really good to see, but it, it's just a really bland it's just a, to me it's a really bland
1: episode that again it, it goes it, it goes nowhere well you get to the end of this and and you know Soren has a ship back okay he's got a couple of bucks okay uh, Quan Ha still doesn't have allies right uh, she still doesn't have an army available I suppose if you want to think about what actually could happen with Venture being uh, killed and And you would have to assume a lot of his inner circle, um, were there, you know, maybe an elite guard of some kind were there that were taken out as well. Um, you know, there, there will be a power vacuum and, and it's, you know, I kind of was watching some of this through the lens of like insurrectionists that we've seen in, in global history and things like that. Um, you know, and, and trying to view it through that lens, it's, uh, something that I've actually been reading a little bit about here and there recently, um, just random articles that'll just kind of end up in my in my feeds, um, and it, it was kind of interesting to see how some of those things do sort of uh, of play into each other. So you could see there being a power vacuum that people who maybe liked her father might now rally to her cause without venture there to execute them for, um, you know, going against, you know, the the what what the state said they're allowed to do. So it's possible, but you don't really see that at the end of this. Like, you kind of have to really stop and think about it to get that out of it.
0: Right. And I feel like they contradicted themselves at the end here where. <laughs> so, you know, it's done. Like you said, Soren's got a ship. He's got what looks like a pretty decent stash of money. Um yeah, he's got and, a lunch pail full of cash, right? Exactly. She's like, it, it. It felt like when I was a kid and I had pogs, and I, yeah. <laughs> I kept them in a, I, I kept them in the lunchbox because I had so many. Um, but <laughs> you know, he's, she, oh, I, I could use somebody like you, and it's like, you know, again, they're they're banking on the fact that you care about these two splitting up, like they've been on some crazy, like. Harrowing journey together, which again, I have no emotional attachment to him. And she's like, I could use somebody like you. And he knows it's probably maybe going to get like you would think this is one of those situations where maybe it's going to get worse because you know, now the leader is dead. Okay, well, there's somebody who's in charge of him. And usually when stuff like this happens, now that person goes full-on crazy and just is like kill everybody kill them all like that's the lesson that they're gonna have to learn and he's just like nah kid i'm out i don't want to be with you anymore and it's like it's supposed to like almost be played for laughs at the same time because like oh the less time i have to spend with you the better and like eh you know like she's joking back like i'm kind of growing on you like that's not the dialogue but it's like and like, what am I supposed to feel there? Am I supposed to feel sad because they're splitting up? Am I supposed to feel like they finally formed a bond? And I'm like, I don't know what to feel because you're actually making him kind of look like an like a jackass and a jerk because he's just like he's leaving her and she still has no allies. Like this girl can't take care of herself. You've seen
1: it firsthand. Like she'd be dead if it wasn't for you. Yeah. She gave away all this cash that for whatever reason they keep in the control room of, of the gas plant. Like that's, that's where they keep their cash. That's apparently their bank. That's, that's mm-hmm. where all of their money is. So she gives all that away that she could have used to bolster herself and her burgeoning burgeoning, uh, resistance movement. Um, yeah it it doesn't really make a ton of sense i will say when she says we'll see each other again and he says god i hope not that's that was laugh out loud funny to me but you're right there's not really anything that i felt suggested. like he was and talking
0: I'm... to the actress i didn't i, I didn't think that was his... <laughs>
1: there's there's not a moment <clears throat> there's not a moment here where you know like when uh <clears throat> in the mandalorian when he takes his helmet off and he and he shows himself to grogu and um, he wants to make sure that, you know, he can recognize him again. And he says goodbye. Like you immediately think that he puts his helmet back on and starts like right. rusting the beskar on the inside. Cause, cause he's crying so much that the whole thing fogs up and rusts. Like you, you kind of imagine that as he's flying away, you don't get that impression. They, they haven't been on these great adventures together. They frankly hate each other. You know, she tased him, you know, he right. handcuffed her, um, so, yeah, it's it's a throwaway episode.
0: She she also considered uh, execution style shooting him.
1: Uh, yeah. But- yeah. She thought about it. I mean, it that crossed so- her mind for sure. <laughs> like, But by good. the end of it, it's like it's almost like a buddy cop scene out of Lethal Weapon.
0: Right. Again, but with no uh, again, no to me. And maybe there's maybe again, maybe there's somebody out there who is like fully invested in their relationship. And you know what? It, in all honesty, uh, if there is any of the listeners who are listening to, you know, this show and have, you know, listened to the other halo reviews that we've done. And you're like, I totally disagree with everything you're saying about Soren and Quan. Honestly, like g- good for you. If you're finding enjoyment out of that, that friendship, that whatever it is, uh, that's great. I just, there, there's nothing there. There's nothing there. So when this, you know, this episode ends, not only do I still have no clue why she's important or why we should care about her trials. I I don't care about them. Supposedly splitting up. Like, am I supposed to feel good at, I don't know, episode nine when they cross paths again. And like, I don't know. I'm just throwing ideas out there. It's Quan master chief and, in Soren fighting together or Kwan's in a jam, and that, you know, again, a typical trope where off camera somebody saves her, and then it pans up to a shot because she's on the ground almost, you know, from being killed. And, and they're soaring. Like, am I supposed to, is that one of those moments where I'm going to, you know, fist pump on my couch and be like, yes, like, I knew he, <laughs> like,
1: I, 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 don't I knew know. he wouldn't leave her alone.
0: Right. Yeah. Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Like I'm convinced we're going to get a scene next episode where he's back home and the wife is giving him the pet talk because he's talking about, about Kwan.
1: Yeah. Wearing an outfit that came right off the red carpet at the Met Gala. Right. Exactly. Just casually walking around their house.
0: Seriously. (laughs) She gets, she gets dressed up to do the dishes. Like she's going to a, a, a ballroom play. Like it's unbelievable. Um, but yeah, I just I, I have no connection to, to this story. And that's why this episode it's weird because I'm not even as like I'm not even like mad at this episode. It's just again, which is worse. It's like I just don't care like this. This whole episode yeah. I feel could be erased and there's nothing missing
1: from this from this story for Halo. No it's it's not the story we want we want to get back to the ring world we want to get back to the the battle that's coming between the unsc and the covenant we want to see more of that it's been discussed it's been shown once you know twice really um mm-hmm. and outside of that we really you know that's that's the major thing driving all of these actions is the covenant against humanity And, and we're just not being shown really enough of that. There's all these other things. Yeah. Some of the military behind the scenes drama and, and the manipulation and things like that, uh, you know, those are starting to grow on me. This never really has, and it doesn't feel like it really belongs. Um, Yeah. The one thing we really haven't talked about yet is kind of the, the sub, you know, the, the B plot of this episode where um, Soren's kind of number two is right. maybe talking mutiny, maybe not, and he drops the forklift on his foot to remind him, like, nah, man, you're not, you're not ready for a shot at the title yet. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of feel like I should probably be annoyed by this, or, or not like it, or just kind of want to fast forward through it. But I was kind of into it. I don't know how you felt, but I was kind of into it a little bit.
0: Yeah, I guess. Again, the best I can say is. I, I didn't mind it, but I also don't, I, I'm just in that spot of like, all right, it happened. I, I don't have any, I don't have any ties to it a, a, at all, which again, I, I yeah. feel like as much, I feel like it's just a much worse emotion that I have. Just the complete nonchalant of, you know, it's like that. I, it's like the guy who's just lost all hope and it's like, he dropped the meatball out of his sub onto his shirt. And he's like, I don't care. Like what? Like, like I look like, yeah, I look like, yeah, it's, I I feel like I am the, the live action version of Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh right now. Cause I'm just (laughs) like, like Matt, what'd you think of the episode? I don't care.
1: Like (laughs) it happened. Right. Exactly. I, I do I definitely get that. I think the one thing that I'm going to take away from this is that Soren is, is not to be trifled with. Um, He's capable. He can, he can do some stuff. He's not um, just kind of a a former Spartan trainee. Um, You know, not only can he take care of himself in a fist fight, in a gunfight, but when somebody's trying to stab him in the back, he goes on the offensive. He doesn't wait for them. He he attacks them first. Right. And I, I think that's really the big thing I'm taking away from this. But again, in a show about a super soldier uh, that, or that's based on a game with a super soldier and his best friend, you know, computer generated AI that runs around virtual, not virtual, but like, you know, these alien worlds that look like the Pacific Northwest with these crazy metal and stone forerunner structures that has crazy weapons. And then there's like zombie creatures in there too. Like that's what it's about. I don't need a character like Soren to exist, you know? So yeah, some of what they're doing is working for me. Some, a lot of it's not, but none of it I need. That's how I would sum it up. Yeah. Um,
0: One last one thing that I'll state before, like I finish up my thoughts uh, on this episode, and it it revolves around this this portal that is mentioned. Um, My concern is, okay, you've you've mentioned this portal, which seems like a big deal. Like, okay, what is this? But it almost feels. I almost feel like it's just going to be underwhelming because of it's like, okay, whatever is this a portal to forerunner technology that's been here the whole time. And people know about it. What, like, what's the catalyst of why it's taken so long? Why haven't they taken advantage of this? If her father knew about it and her grandfather knew about it. And these, again, I don't even know. Did they, did, did they give these ladies of the sand, like a name, this group, Maybe
1: um if I heard it, I didn't care enough about it to remember it.
0: Yeah. Like maybe it's, I, I don't know, you know, what, why is it just sat dormant for so long? What's the catalyst to start it? And I just feel like they've set themselves up to be like really underwhelming because you're just going to sit there and, and once it's revealed what it does or what it's, you know, uh, significance is, You're just going to ask all these weird questions like you and I have talked about and other things and go, well, when you like if you stop to think about what they just said and what just happened, everything just unravels. Like it's best to just not and just be like, okay, let's just move forward, because if I if I ask, I'm never going to (laughs) stop.
1: Yeah, Um, and we only get two more episodes to really lock everything in it. You know, we've kind of said it. It. Uh, a couple different ways, but it really feels like this whole, this whole show today that we're talking about was just wasted time. There's was so many other stories we would have much rather been interested in.
0: Yeah. Uh, I a hundred percent agree. So I've got my thoughts wrapped up about this. You got any, you know, final things before we go over the actual rating for the, for the show. No, let's roll credits. All right. Yeah, we're going to, we're going to roll credits here. And I went first with watch rating. So, I'll let you go over your real rating and just, you know, any, you know, final, you know, why that score is like we normally do.
1: Yeah, this is um, this is as mediocre as it gets. It is to me. It was nothing that I would say I largely hated. There were some things I liked. There were some things I was annoyed by. Um, but largely, this is this is as down the middle as you get. So I'm going right in the dead center uh, two and a half.
0: Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be a little bit more harsh. Um, so I I assumed you would as, as basic for me, as basic, as generic, as uninteresting as you get, um, which for me is, is always worse. I'd rather be super passionate about it and say, Oh my God, I, I hate this. Um, it, you know, this is wrong and this is wrong. But the, the more I thought about this episode. I, I just you know I get into that point where it's like yeah sure whatever like it's not even worth my time getting aggravated over because it is what it is. Um which is worse in entertainment. Um in life that can be really good like it's not worth my time, it's not worth my effort. I'm not going to let it take up any more of my thoughts. But it, in the entertainment world what we're talking about it's like no, I want to have some kind of emotion for this. That's the reason I'm watching it uh yeah. so you know and when i don't have that this is a one on the real scale for me um again just for the fact that i, I love some of the the just hokey dialogue from the main villain how he's just so over the top i'll give credit to to soren for looking like a badass in part of this but just an uninteresting plot still more questions um you know right coming off after a full episode dedicated to this subplot it just was not worth my uh it, it was not worth my time like i said you could skip this entire ep- like i feel like if you do go back and watch this show you could skip this episode and by the time 8 and 9 like skip this go to 8 and 9 and you would have never have needed to see this to understand what the the outcome is of
1: the setup It's hard to think that having not seen eight and nine yet, it's hard for me to think that there's going to be anything in either of those two episodes that's going to desperately rely on your keen knowledge of what happened here. Right,
0: exactly. So that'll wrap up our portion of the episode in regards to talking about Halo couple of mm-hmm. uh, really cool things that we want to talk about before we sign off. And Rob, I'll let you go first with talking about our Resident Evil series and uh, Jurassic Park, which is,
1: geez, it feels li- like now that, <laughs> yeah.
0: that we're going to do
1: that. Yeah, um, we will probably have recorded that before this episode makes it to air or, or right around that time. But yeah, so with the sixth installment in the Jurassic Park Jurassic World series coming out later this year, Uh, We really thought it was a lot of fun To go back and look at all the spider films That had come out uh, prior to No Way Home because we knew that there was going to be A lot of crossover so we thought it would be fun to go back Revisit those and uh, You know help catch the listeners up If you didn't have quite enough time to binge That whole series the way that we did um, You can listen to us on the way to work And kind of be reminded of it And hear our thoughts on it so that was something we had done for that And we're going to do that again for you With the Jurassic Park Jurassic World Series uh, Starting with the the first film we're going to be recording. So as we as we are recording this it's Saturday night, we're going to we're planning to record the first episode Sunday night with Jurassic Park. And I got to tell you, it's a movie that I've seen a bunch of times. I've, I saw it in theaters and then I've seen it. I can't even tell you how many times since then. So I feel like I'm pretty familiar with it. And I started to watch it a little bit today. And I thought, oh, you know what? I can probably just either fast forward or skip around a little bit because I've seen it so many times. I just want to get to like the really the big stuff. I can't fast forward this movie like I thought I could. Mm-hmm. I can't. I have to I have to watch the whole thing. It's that good. It's just I, we're, it, it's going to be a love fest, I think, tomorrow night uh, for the first Jurassic Park film, because uh, there's so much to love about it. So uh, we are anxiously awaiting the sixth installment. We've seen that there's already going to be cast members from the first series coming back that we know about. We got a little bit of Ian Malcolm in the second one. We've already seen in the second Jurassic world one. uh, And we've certainly got Dr. Wu. but um, it'll be really cool to see what Alan Grant thinks about what's going on and and how he's going to impact things. Um, You know, it's kind of interesting when a movie, that is starting a new trilogy goes back to the original trilogy and brings the three characters into it and gives them scene time together that people really like. It's weird. It's almost like somebody else should have done that. I'm looking at you star Wars. Um, But I digress. So yes, very Mm -hmm. excited for that. Um, And I can't wait to start recording those and, and watch that series. Yeah. Jurassic park, the original, I watched
0: it in theaters And then watched it again in theaters when they did a re release in 3D. I went to the theater to see it. Uh, I also saw it on like just uh, one of those like classic flicks nights when they were doing it at Regal. Like I went and saw it again in theaters. Um, I agree, Rob. I think it's going to be like a love fest talking about Jurassic (laughs) Park because it's one of those movies that first, that first scene where you actually see the park in full effect and that line, you know, welcome. Like I I don't care. Like you said, I've, you know, I've seen that movie more times than I have fingers and toes and I have all my fingers and toes. I've never lost one of them. Um, (laughs) I, I still get, I still get goosebumps and a tightening in my chest every time that scene happens. It's just it's one of those scenes that is iconic that, you know, just has lived through generations of just being one of those like this is filmmaking. Like this is why this scene is why we love movies.
1: I could not agree more. Absolutely could not agree more. Um, But uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to plug the social media pages. Cause if I don't start doing that, we will start talking about it. Right, yeah. <laughs> we'll do the whole next <laughs> show right now because it's so easy to do. So what I will encourage listeners to do at this point so that it stops us from talking about that and doing the show early is all the great ways that you can contact the show. Uh, obviously the email address, mgttmpodcast podcast at gmail.com. If you're one of those people out there, like Matt said that you were really into that Quan and Soren storyline. Uh, tell us, tell us what you liked. Tell us what we're missing. Uh, you can also check out the show on Facebook. There is an official Matt Goes to the Movies uh group page. Uh good discussion that goes on in there. So we certainly encourage everybody to check that out. Uh you can find the show also on Instagram and you can find the show on TikTok. While you're at it, you know what else you can do? You can go over to podchaser.com. You can search Matt Goes to the Movies and leave a review on this very show. You can leave it for the show as a whole or individual episodes. Podcasting is not easy. It is a very time-consuming but fun uh, little thing that we do, and you know we got to sit down and watch feature-length films, and we got to watch extra, you know, TV shows and things like that. Uh, Matt does a lot of work behind the scenes to make the show get to the air, but there's a lot of work that goes into producing a podcast, and it takes a lot of time. And we certainly appreciate you downloading the show in something that would take you literally ten seconds. You can go to podchaser.com and leave a review. You can leave it one through five stars. We would certainly hope for five. But if it's an honest review, that's always cool, too. And if you are so compelled, you can leave an actual review on the show itself. It will take you less time to do than it took for me to explain how to do it. And you have no idea the kind of impact that that has. We certainly love to hear from you.
0: Yeah. Couldn't have said it better myself. That's why I ask you to say it. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and I, I'm gonna piggyback here before we sign off with what Rob said. Uh, you know, with the work that goes into to putting these episodes, uh, you know, I hope it's not lost how much we appreciate everybody who listens to the show. And something really cool that I want to try and give back to listeners of the show if you're looking for something for you. Uh, here's a little something, and it's going to be in the show notes. Uh, we have teamed up, uh, Matt Goes to the Movies, with Dubby Energy, which is designed to give you focus and energy without the jitters and the crash. So, listeners, if you're looking for a new energy supplement, you know, tired of Red Bull, tired of Monsters, Check out W Energy. You're going to go to w.gg, and when you check out, you're going to use promo code. It's mgttm podcast. That's mgttm podcast, and it will give you ten percent off your order. A great, you know, great product. Again, if you're looking for something to substitute your your Red Bull or your Monster addiction. Try this out, and you are going to be able to save money by using that promo code. That'll be in the show notes. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we will see you very soon at Matt Goes to the Movies.